Hey there, welcome back to The Truth Is Somewhere, a conspiracy theory podcast where we talk about just that, conspiracy theories, and other things that are kind of in that vein. Megan, what are we talking about today? So, you know how over the last several years the reigning subgenre in horror has been paranormal stories that claim to have been based on real events? I mean, sure, yeah, back, it's been a while now, 15, 20 years maybe, like I can think of the... The Blair Witch Project, which is supposed to be... That's not actually oh, based on talking... real events. I'm talking about, like, sure. this is based they on a true story. Yeah. Oh, so like, actually, this is based on a true story movies. No. Have been very popular in recent years. I mean, okay, sure. take my word for it. Uh-huh. So, being that paranormal stuff is kind of my jam, and that sure. you don't really believe in the paranormal, I thought it would be fun to talk about the stories that are claimed to be true and the people involved. Uh-huh. So, to those of you that are listening who are also big into the paranormal thing... You and I know that there are actual research groups employing scientific methods to try to determine the truth behind supposedly paranormal experiences. We also know that there are total hacks out there that use jump scare tactics and straight make shit up for their TV show ratings. I'm looking at you, Ghost Adventures. Looking at you. Ghost Adventures? That sounds like a cool theme park. It does sound like a cool theme park. I want to go to Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. Oh, man. All right. So today, we're going to talk about the mother and father of the paranormal media circus, Uh Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay. Warren? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to give a little bit of a disclaimer. We're going to speak skeptically about a lot of the cases that Ed and Lorraine worked. This doesn't mean that I necessarily think that the people who reached out to Ed and Lorraine were not experiencing something. That something might have been caused by mold, or drug and alcohol abuse, or psychosis, epilepsy, or it absolutely could have been a truly paranormal experience. Um, My goal for this episode is not to cast doubt on the validity of the family experiences, but to talk specifically about the spin that the Warrens put on the cases they worked on. Uh, So are we talking about, like, a conspiracy against the Warrens? That's what this is? I wouldn't necessarily call it... It's not like some big overarching conspiracy theory that people talk about, but there are known cases that the Warrens worked on that a lot of people feel are hoaxes. Okay. And because those cases appear to be hoaxes, it makes you wonder, because they claim to have worked on over 10,000 paranormal cases. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so if some of them are hoaxes, then are all of them hoaxes? Okay. So we're, we're just going to talk about the cases that... There is proof that they may or may not be hoaxes. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Let's do it. So, um, Lorraine claims that she has been able to sense auras about people since she was a little girl, but kept it a secret from her family because she was afraid they'd think she was crazy and send her away. hmm But when she and Ed met when she was 16, Ed knew there was something special about her, and Ed claimed to have grown up in a haunted house and was a self-taught demonologist as a result. Oh. Mm-hmm. A demonologist. Yes. Is that uh, is that a degree that you can get at, like, Harvard? No, I don't think so. Because I know he's self-taught, but, like, demonologist sounds like someone who's got a I think that's a, a big degree. thing with the clergy. Okay. So, I don't, I like don't know. Like the people that do exorcisms? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm curious because it, it, it sounds like you take a fantasy word right. and a science word and you, you combine them, them together, together and you... You act like it makes it a science-y word. Yeah, so Ed was, um, at least he claimed to be, like, the only person that was not a priest that the Catholic Church would allow to do exorcisms. Okay. Because he was, like, that well-known of a demonologist, and he worked with clergy a lot. Um, so Ed and Lorraine 
had their hands in most of the popular ghost or demon stories of the late 20th century. Mm -hmm. In 1952, they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, which is still going strong. Oh, wow. Um, They ran it out of their home in Monroe, Connecticut. Ed passed away in 2006, but Lorraine, Lorraine is still working as a medium and appearing in TV shows and probably raking in the dough in royalties based off of the movies that have come out recently. I mean, absolutely. But I don't know how she wouldn't. That's probably the only reason she's still doing it. Maybe. I think the way that they, they think they are helping people. Well, at least what, that's That's the, what they claim. They claim the, they're helping people. So do those, uh, so do those holy... Those holy men on TV that you right know, televangelists feel for the sure. feel the love of God and uh, they you know smack you on the forehead and you fall on your back and you're like I can see again yeah little Timmy can walk he had polio that's right he had polio because you didn't give him his shots <laughs> exactly that's a callback <laughs> by the way it is indeed a callback to our least popular episode. Isn't our least popular? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. You're probably right. People don't like being told what to do. No. Like vaccinate their children. Vaccinate your children. So in the 80s, the Warrens opened an occult museum mm-hmm. featuring haunted or possessed items from their various investigations. The most groundbreaking discovery was the most famous of which is mm-hmm. the Annabelle the doll. Yeah, look, if you're trying to wait out the, the sound of the airplanes, the there's going to be a lot of editing, and I don't want to do that. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to wait out that roar you heard in the background, but yeah. we'll just keep we'll just keep cruising along. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Annabelle. Um, she's of course the star of three movies. The third one comes out in 2019, so it hasn't come out yet. Um, the doll in the movies looks nothing like real life Annabelle. Uh. It's those people. It's those people, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, the Annabelle, the Annabelle, the Annabelle. The Annabelle. <laughs> the cannibal. The cannibal, Annabelle, Annabelle. The Annabelle in Ed and Lorraine Warren's basement is a Raggedy Ann doll, mm-hmm. not a creepy China doll. Oh, really? Just, just a Raggedy Ann? Just a plain Ann? old Raggedy Ann doll. Okay, okay. So the basic story of Annabelle comes from the Warrens. Um, if you look for any corroborating information whatsoever, like even in an interview with the original owners, you can't find it. Mm. Like, that just doesn't exist. Um, At least you don't find it easily. Like, you would think... Like, I didn't dig for hours upon hours upon hours for something, but you would think if there was an interview with the person who actually was like, I owned the doll and I called it and Lorraine Warren, that that would make it in the first couple of pages of Google results. Sure. No. Nothing. Couldn't find anything. Everything I found was like, according to Ed and Lorraine, Mm. according to Ed and Lorraine, I was like, they could have gone out and bought a plain old Raggedy Ann doll and stuck it in this case. I don't know. Raggedy Annabelle. Raggedy Annabelle. Um... So, what Ed and Lorraine would have us believe about animal... Animal... God, I cannot say that name. <laughs> <about>. <laughs> uh, mama, mama, mama. Uh, what they would have us believe about animal from the Muppets. Oh, the Muppets. Yeah. Mama, mama, mama! Yeah, I get it, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what they want us to believe about Annabelle... Animal was that the doll was given to a 28-year-old nursing student named Donna for her birthday in okay. 1970. That's normally what you give 28-year-olds. Oh, I know, right? It's very strange. Uh-huh. Donna lived with another nurse, another nursing student named Angie. Okay. They kept finding the doll in different positions, so they contacted a medium who told them the doll was possessed by a young girl named Annabelle who had passed away. Okay. Donna and Angie gave Annabelle permission to stay in the doll because they felt bad for her. Okay. Uh, so then shit goes sideways. 
the doll was moving all over the place and leaving written messages for the girls when they left. Mm -hmm. So Donna and Angie called Ed and Lorraine, who claimed that the doll was actually possessed by a demon. Sure. Um, And by giving it permission to stay, they, like, gave it more power, essentially. Which would make sense. It's it's logical. Sure, logical (laughs) is what we'll say about that. Sure, we'll go with logical in this world. Mm, No, not, not... In, not this in world, the world in of their paranormal. World. Mm-hmm. That's a logical explanation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they took the doll home with them. They claimed that on the drive home, the car would stall and the power steering would fail. Okay. Um. So they claimed that that was like because of the demon and Annabelle being angry about having been taken away because it was going to attach itself to Donna. Oh. Um. <clears throat> so they built a special case for the doll to contain the demon. And Annabelle still lives in that case in the museum. It's really funny because there's a, it's got a cross above it and there's a little note on the door that says, absolutely do not open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Ed warned museum visitors that the last man who mocked Annabelle died in a motorcycle accident after he left. But again, there's literally no corroborating evidence of that whatsoever. No, they're yeah. just saying it just to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Don't die, please. Um, the other thing is that the medium was claiming that this little girl who had died attached itself to the doll like it was her doll. Mm-hmm. But this doll has a patchwork um, dress, and supposedly that patchwork dress wasn't available pre-1970, which means that it was bought brand new for Donna by her mother on her 28th birthday. Uh, so what could possibly have attached itself to this doll? It's not like it was vintage or old. Maybe someone died in the factory. Maybe somebody did die in the factory. Right. <clears throat> maybe the maybe maybe Raggedy Ann herself is in that doll. Maybe maybe the Raggedy Ann company just makes demon dolls. That's true, but there's like a really low chance that the demon will actually attach itself yeah. to the doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> like a one in a million. Yeah, yeah. And that, these people got the the one. They got the one. So in addition to the fact that the story of Annabelle appears to come directly from, and only from, the Warrens, it should be noted that there was an episode of The Twilight Zone in 1963 that shows a woman named Annabelle Mm -hmm. giving a doll to her daughter, and the doll then comes to life and terrorizes the whole family. Oh boy. Yep. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. We're gonna move on to our next story, unless you have any comments about Annabelle, Annabelle, Cannibal... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what uh what was the boy uh doll what was that it, raggedy uh, andy raggedy andy is there a is there a raggedy andy no uh, counterpart to this nah, no that's too bad i really wish there was <laughs> it's like, too bad. <laughs> like he's it look if they make it a movie they need to make like raggedy andy like a saint oh, yeah so that good. way there's like a the light and the dark side to it all people like uh um, good versus evil. Good versus e- evil. You know the juxtaposition there. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I think there needs to be like, uh, you know, like a Raggedy Ann against Raggedy Andy. <laughs> you know, will good triumph over evil? Only the strongest doll will tell. I don't know. That's all I have it's to say. It's an idea. Okay, <laughs> then we're gonna move on to the next time to, story. Time to move on because I'm just talking for the sake of talking. Okay. So, um, the next one I'm going to talk about is probably the most famous, or at least it was prior to The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. This movie, along with the original made-for-TV It, are what got me really into horror movies when I was, like, five. Gold star in parenting to my dad. Yeah, Who absolutely. let me watch these terrifying movies when I was five. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. So, it's the Amityville Horror. That's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. murdered his entire family in the middle of the night in the Amityville neighborhood of Long Island, New York. As you do. As you do. DeFeo later claimed that he heard voices, and that was the reason he shot his whole family while they slept. Okay, yeah, yeah. Voices Makes told sense. Him to do it, so he's nuts. Um, about a year after the murders, George and Kathy Lutz and their three children bought the house and moved in. George began awaking at 3.15 every morning, mm-hmm. which is the reported time of the DeFeo murders. So Ronald DeFeo got out of bed, mm-hmm. shoots people in their heads while they're sleeping, 3.15 in the morning. Yeah. Does he go back to sleep after that? I don't know. That is a true psychopath. That would be a true psychopath. So the whole family claims to smell strange odors and see green slime oozing out of the walls. Mm. A priest who was called to bless the house reportedly heard a voice scream, Get out! And told the Lutzes not to sleep in a particular room of the house. So the priest is like, no, I'm sleeping there. Okay. Yep. Um, Kathy would levitate off the bed. Okay. And there was a pig-like creature with gleaming red eyes that George and his son Daniel saw. And um, their little girl started talking to an imaginary friend named Jody. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, supposedly it wasn't like a normal imaginary friend. Like it was, oh. it was odd. Um. I mean, of course it's odd when all this crazy stuff's happening and your little girl starts talking to somebody. I mean, it couldn't just be a coping mechanism. No. So the family only made it 28 days before they fled the house. Okay. So they were like, get the fuck out. This Mm -hmm. is nuts. Um, And then in February of 1976, which is roughly two months after the Lutzes fled, Ed and Lorraine Warren conducted a seance in the house, which was broadcast live on local news stations. Oh, Local, local news. Local, local news. <laughs> Lorraine claimed to feel a, um, quote, unearthly presence in the house. The Warrens claimed that the house was haunted by angry spirits of Shinnecock Indians who had used the land as a quarantine for their sick and insane. Okay. Conveniently, the Shinnecock believed that the land was infested with demons, so they did not bury their dead there. So mm. the house is on land that was already infested with demons, and now it's haunted by angry, sick, insane Indians. Is what they're claiming. So they didn't bury their dead there. No, but their dead did die there. Uh, Like, they're insane and they're terminally ill. Like, they quarantined them there. And so people died on this particular Mm. plot of land, conveniently. Mm. Just that one house? (laughs) Right. Not any other houses in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like, somehow they were confined to just this one little plot of land. Yeah, yeah. This is the, this pisses me off so much because this is the most, like, this is the laziest and most convenient way to explain hauntings. Oh, Indian burial ground. Oh, it's Indian juju. Like, fuck that. That's so lazy. Like, no, it's stupid. Kind of insensitive, too. Yeah, it's like racist as shit. Like, let's just blame the brown people. Well, let's just say that they have a lot more magic than we do, so they're uh, they're dead. Come back in a vengeance, and ours don't. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about all spiritual things. Why is it that you know it's either Indians or Victorian women? <laughs> in, where are in my ghost Vikings? Gowns. Yeah, yeah. Right. I where are my ghost? Because they all went to Valhalla because they were happy to have died. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They actually got to... Well, what about the dead? The the, the no, ones that died of old age? I don't know. You know that, that it happened. They wouldn't go to Valhalla. They were too embarrassed to come back. They go to hell. But, I mean, instead, that's hell with a single stick. Single mm-hmm. hockey stick. Uh, but still, like, all I'm saying is I, I don't tend to believe in this stuff because it always tends to be the same thing. Sure. Okay. okay. 
So we've established it's lazy and you don't believe in it. Um, but shortly after the Warrens' investigation, the Lutzes turned to Jay Anson, an author, to tell their story. Mm-hmm. In 1979, defa- so obviously they tell their story and they make a huge book deal and they make shit tons of money off of it. Yeah, yes okay. you do. <laughs> but in 1979, DeFeo's attorney, William Weber, confessed to having schemed with George Lutz to tell a story about the house being haunted in order to secure the devil made me do it defense for Ronald DeFeo. Oh. So basically, he went over to the house, got drunk with George and Kathy Lutz, and was like, we're gonna tell a story about how this house mm-hmm. has demons in it. So that I can use the the demons in my head made me do it defense and get Ronald DeFeo out of this. Because he's a good defense attorney. Okay. Apparently. Okay. And he's like, so we're going to tell this story. We're going to make shit tons of money off of the story. And my client's going to go free. Well, is there proof of that, though? No, it's just... It's just, um... The, the attorney saying it. But the uh, attorney okay. did turn around and sue them after the, the book deal. Okay. Because he was like, you backed out on what my idea. Mm-hmm. Like, you stole my idea and you backed out of it and you're profiting off of it. Yeah. And it was settled, but it didn't actually go through courts, which okay. makes me think Kinda that... Kind of says something. That the, 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 the Lutzes were like, here's some money, go away. And shut up and go away, because we all can win in this situation. Yeah. Um, and supposedly, the reason that it was going to work out was because Lutz couldn't afford the mortgage on the house, even though they had just purchased it. Uh-huh. And they purchased it, purchased it for a steal because of the, like, I think there were five people murdered. Like, okay. They yeah. got they got this, like, behemoth mansion of a house for $80,000. Damn. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, and apparently George's, his uh, business was failing, so he needed the book deal to get out of financial trouble. Mm-hmm. Um... So the book goes on to become a movie that the Warrens were hired to consult on to make sure that all the haunting stuff was right. It was was accurate. Got to make sure it's accurate, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And the Warrens were also featured on several talk shows where they recounted the experiences of their seance that they conducted in the house Uh, on live TV. mm -hmm. And there was this other guy um, that is like supposedly a legit paranormal investigator from a a college Mm -hmm. who the... um, Lutzes had originally contacted George Lutz was like, we need you to come look at this. Like this, something's not right. And so he agreed. And then George Lutz called back later and was like, we don't need you anymore. And the guy was like, well, why not? Is it not happening anymore? And then George Lutz was like, oh no, it's this demon. It's it's several demons and I know their names. And this guy was like, well, what are their names? And he goes, I can't remember, but I read it in a book. Okay. Well, what book? I can't remember. And so oh. this guy theorizes that the Warrens had already gotten to George Lutz and uh-huh. was like, no, no, just call him back and tell him it's XYZ demons uh-huh. and that you got it handled and not to worry about it. Uh-huh. And we'll uh-huh. take care of this for you. Of course, so that they can get, that way they can get the fame off of it. Yes, exactly. Um, so that guy ended up like doing so much investigation into the book and mm-hmm. debunking so many parts of that book. That that this whole story is widely known as a hoax now. Okay, so this this uh, college-educated demonologist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, he said that this stuff was fake. Yes. Okay, cool. I just have a hard time wanting to take <laughs> his know. word too. I know because you don't believe in any of this. I yeah. know that. But he actually did. He like he went to the house and like in the book, there's this whole thing about like 
all this damage being done to the windows and the doors in the house because the demons were, like, blowing them out, essentially. Uh-huh. And so, like, the, the front door in the book was, like, torn off its hinges and, like, flown out into the front yard. And the guy went to the house and was like, this is the original door to this house and there's no damage to it. Okay. So clearly this didn't happen. So, at the very least, this guy took creative rights with the book, right? Okay. That, that not everything that mm-hmm. happened is real. So, it is widely regarded as a hoax because a of hoax. that. Yep, and the Warrens have their names slapped to that. All over it. All over And they made lots that. of money off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this brings us... Do you have anything else to say about that? Um, demonology sounds like a hoax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Moving yeah. on. Okay, alright. This brings us to the Perrin family haunting, which is uh-huh. the family The Conjuring was based on. Okay. Um... I loved this movie. That's the one with the witch down in the basement? Yeah. Something with hanging in trees, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. Um, so I saw this movie twice in theaters. That's how much I loved this movie. Uh-huh. And doing this research broke my heart. Really? So I hope that somebody else out there is heartbroken like me. Oh, that is spiteful and mean, <laughs> and those are the real demons in the world. I'm a demon. Those are the real demons. <sighs> that said... The story the Warrens told about The Conjuring has some issues. Oh, no. You're telling me there's a story about ghosts that have issues? Yeah, I am. Please go on. There's no way this can be true. Mm -hmm. So Lorraine Lorraine Warren has said in interviews that the movie largely got the story right. She's like, they did a really good job. And a lot of the story was based directly on the Warrens' case file for the Perrin family. Well, I mean, when your story's really loose and you can <laughs> you can <laughs> let the imagination go, of course yeah. it's going to be right. So, Lorraine Warren asserted that there was a presence in the home named Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Ed and Lorraine claimed that Bathsheba was a witch based on a local legend and folklore surrounding the death of an infant in Bathsheba's care. The infant died from a large sewing needle being inserted at the base of the child's skull. And Bathsheba was cleared of any wrongdoing in the case, but the townspeople continued to believe that she was a witch and was sacrificing children to the devil. Mm. Um, there doesn't appear to be any record of this actually happening, but it's more of an urgent legend, urban legend of the town of itself. Like, okay. it's just known. So that's actually an urban legend. Yeah. Um, uh, also, we should note that Bathsheba never lived on the property purchased by the parents. She didn't live in that house. She lived in a house down the street. Why was she in that house? <laughs> Who the fuck knows, right? Because it was convenient. Yes, exactly. She's like, you know what? I like it over here. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Nice plot of land. She also did not hang herself. Oh, no? No, she died of a paralysis. They didn't know how else to define it. But okay. they, she died of a paralysis that was probably something like a seizure. Mm-hmm. And what the doctor said was that she was, it was as if she was stoned, because she rigor mortis and sudden. Yeah. Um, But other people were like, see, she's a witch. She turned into stone because she died. Like, Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, If she didn't turn into stone, she would have been a witch too. Exactly. No matter what, she was a witch. Um, Supposedly, Bathsheba's spirit became enraged at the inclusion of the Warrens into the house. And she possessed Carolyn Perrin during a seance put on by the Warrens. Mm -hmm. And according to Andrea Perrin, Carolyn's daughter, who went on to write three books about the tenure haunting. Carolyn was twisted and contorted and her chair levitated and flew into a wall, which knocked Carolyn out. Roger Perrin, the husband and the father, then punched Ed Warren in the face and kicked the Warrens out of the house. Like, oh. all you did was make this worse go the fuck away. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Carolyn mm-hmm. also supposedly discovered several strange deaths and suicides that pl- took place on the Rhode Island property, according to Andrea which is the daughter who wrote the books. Mm -hmm. Um, 
However, historically, records show that all of the suspicious deaths that Carolyn and Lorraine cited actually occurred elsewhere. Oh. Didn't occur on that property. Uh-huh. Of course. Like, there was a little girl that was murdered, and Lorraine said that she was murdered in the pantry of this house, but the little girl was murdered in, like, another house in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, or they talked about a woman who hanged herself who was not Bathsheba, but a different woman who hanged herself, and, um, she hanged herself in another house in the neighborhood, not in this house. That's what they want you to think. The mm-hmm. demons, the spirits are changing history. Sure. <laughs> Just whatever. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. So they used they used real historical facts. They like they they used the town's urban legends and they used oh these people actually died in this general area, yeah. but not in this specific house. Well, you know, so there's no reason for this haunting from these people because they weren't even as, like associated to this house. The the best way to lie is to include the most Some amount of the truth. truth. Yeah. The most the more truth you have, the better your lie is. Yeah. Um. Andrea and Perrin has since admitted that Bathsheba may not have been the actual malevolent spirit causing the parents the most trouble. And she's like, I won't speak for Lorraine Warren and why Lorraine was so convinced that it was Bathsheba. I've seen what everybody claims, like, the, like, the real history of Bathsheba, and I think maybe that wasn't it. But Andrea is like, we absolutely were haunted for ten years. Like, things happened to us. It was horrible. The whole family stands by it. Which is why I was saying, like, I'm talking skeptically about the Warrens and the Warrens' practices surrounding what mm-hmm. these events, but I don't. I'm not necessarily discounting what happened to these families because okay. this whole family is like, no, something happened, and even if that means that that house is fucking full of mold and everybody had some sort of shared psychosis because of it, something happened to these people. Okay, I'm not discounting that. Um. So obviously, some of the things that Lorraine. Uh, said about this case were made up which is and some of the things about the Amityville horror were made up and there's no corroborating evidence of Annabelle which is what I'm here talking about now is that it just feels like a lot of shit is made up and where do you draw the line between well some of it's made up and some of it's really real Mm -hmm. there you have it where do you draw the line yeah I know you you draw the line that none of this is real I I want to I want to believe it. I do. I want to believe do. I want to believe that it's real. I just don't think there's any real evidence. Mm-hmm. We go, "Oh, well this can't be explained." And then in a few years we're like, "Oh, we explained it." Mm-hmm. We go, "Oh, well, this can't be explained." But in a few years we explain it. Sure. Like it kind of sucks that, you know, we're figuring out all the deepest darkest uh, mysteries in our our entire existence as human beings, but at the same time, it's kind of cool that we're figuring that stuff out. Sure. Uh, figuring out what makes us tick and why certain things happen the way they do and the the crazy scientific magic, and I'm, I'm saying that as, like, science in its own right can be like magic, magic. Mm-hmm. right? Like and how airplanes that, fly. Yeah. <laughs> magic. And why, why uh, all of that happens the way that it does, but the whole idea of the spirits coming back and and haunting us first off why like they have unfinished business well okay fine we all die with some sort of unfinished business why do they get to come back Mm -hmm. oh because they were they were particularly evil yeah well fine don't those people go to to hell as per the 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 christian mythos whatever you know so again that doesn't explain anything like oh well 
they uh, they weren't good enough and they weren't bad enough to go anywhere, so they're they're caught in limbo. Okay, so now we're just making them up whatever we want sure. to. Now that just means that if they weren't, if they didn't fall in one or the other, someone has a really really bad plan as to where people are supposed to go mm-hmm. because that's just silly. Yeah, I they're bound to an item. Oh, come on, and we're just we're just pulling strings and wanting to explain things that that just don't make any sense. Okay. Well, I'm interested to hear your take on the next story. Okay. Because I have another one. One more. And, um... You made it sound like we were done. No, we're not. I just... Okay. I was just making comments. Um, we're gonna move on to this... I... This is a name, and every time I read it, I think it looks silly, so I don't want to say it because I'm gonna start laughing, but I believe it's Snedecker. 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 It's the Snedecker... Snedeker. <laughs> Snedeker family haunting. I just can't Sneedeker. take it seriously with that name in front of me. Um, so the movie A Haunting in Connecticut was based on this story, but Lorraine Warren said that that movie was embarrassing and inaccurate, so we won't focus on the movie at all for this one. Okay. She said that one was not accurate, so we're just gonna Okay, fine. We on. already determined that she was a credible source, so why yes. not? Well, we're talking about her stuff, so... Oh, okay. If she said that they got it wrong, then, then I'm going to believe wrong. they got it wrong because she made it up, right? She made it up. She <laughs> so knows. You she know? knows if it's wrong. There's a reason why um, J.K. Rowling uh, sat in the director, right next to the director in, uh, in all the movies, right? To make sure that all the scenes came out perfectly. Sure. So that she was happy with the movies. Okay. She was there, right? Wasn't she? I don't you're know. The, I don't you're the know. Potter fan. That's why I'm looking at you like a deer in the headlights. Wait, you didn't I don't know, know that? That she was pretty much like, she had her hand in all the movies. I knew to that make she sure had like out. her hand in the casting decisions and stuff. I just didn't know that she was like literally with the director. The whole well, time. I don't know if she was the entire time, but I know for some of it, I'm sure she was. Okay. I, sh- I say I know. I know for some of it, I'm sure she was, which <laughs> is like a, I'm just sure she was. I don't, yeah. I don't know entirely, okay. but uh, my point still stands that, uh, uh, that she had a big hand in the movies so that they were accurate. Yeah. So if... Whatever, just go on. Okay. So, Snedecker Family Haunting. Snedecker. Snedecker. Uh, sounds kind of like a cookie. <laughs> like a snickerdoodle, yeah. Yeah, like a snicker, Like a Snedecker doodle. <laughs> I was thinking it sounded like a, a curse when you didn't want to curse. Snedecker. <laughs> ah, Snedecker. Yeah. That kind of. Yeah. Um, so the plot line here is pretty standard. Mm-hmm. In 1986, Alan Carmen Snedecker rent a house in Southington, Connecticut, so they could be closer to the hospital where their son was receiving treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. The house turned out to be an old funeral home, complete with basement full of embalming tools. Mm. Pretty quickly after moving in, the Snedeckers cool. start experiencing strange things like phantom noises, and the children are seeing strange people in the house. The oldest son, the one with cancer, began to have a huge shift in personality, and he became withdrawn and angry. Okay. He started writing poetry involving necrophilia. Oh. And he even tried to attack his female cousin who lived with them with the intent of raping her. He was taken in for a psychological evaluation, diagnosed schizophrenic, and seemed to get better until he was allowed to return home. So he comes home, he's not better anymore. Um, the family also reported brutal rapes by unseen forces of both Carmen and the female cousin. Plus, even Al claimed to have been sodomized by the unseen forces. Wait, so is this like that movie Entity? Yeah, yeah. Where... Which is also based on a true story. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually I remember that. So it's... So they're saying that... 
they got raped by ghosts. Yes, that's what they're saying. Or demons. As I, I, all I don't right, know. moving on. That's Un- all I need to say on forces that. Unseen forces was all we needed. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, they couldn't have just been... Wait, would it be unseen forces if you were blindfolded? <laughs> You're horrible. Just a question. Clarification. I need clarification. <laughs> You're horrible. Is that unseen forces? So, here was my thought when I was when I was reading <laughs> this. Question. I'm not going to answer your question. I was thinking about the fact that the son is schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. And he obviously has violent sexual urges. Yep. And I'm thinking about the fact that, like, the rest of the family is starting to say, like, oh, rape. And all I'm thinking is, like, are they looking for an excuse to not blame the son? That's true. Did he just blindfold like, did everyone? He, or did he actually... Stop it. Did he actually rape the cousin? And in order to cover it up, the mom was like, oh, it happened to me too when they were unseen forces. You didn't see anything, little uh, girl. I see, I to see. To protect the son. Maybe. Maybe. Or so, she was too. That's what I... It's, that was what I was thinking. Yeah, that's... uh, That makes sense. But even... Say it is unseen forces. Say it is ghost rape. It's no. ghost rape. Okay. So, instead of getting right. the fuck out of the house, which is what I would do, I'd be getting the fuck out, right? Get the fuck out of that house. They called some investigators. Yeah. That's what you naturally do, right? Yeah, I mean, you spent a lot of money on a house. They're renting it! Oh, Break Jesus. the fucking lease! <laughs> oh, man, they're renting it. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love right. to, I love and, to hear it. And, by the way, the landlady was like, this is all bullshit. Nothing yeah. has ever happened in this house, ever. Until you guys showed up, and then suddenly there's a bunch of ghost rape going around. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the Warrens and a few other investigators moved into the house for a few weeks to experiencing the haunting firsthand. They're not afraid of getting ghost raped? They're not afraid of getting ghost raped. During the investigation, it was discovered, you're going to love this, it's so convenient, that one of the previous undertakers of the funeral home was found guilty of necrophilia. Of course they did. Of course they did. Why would I love that? Because it's just so convenient and silly, like, oh, because the kid has this problem, Mm -hmm. we're going to find a way to link it back to demons. Of course. It's the demon defense again, right? Mm -hmm. Well, isn't it? Not really a demon, but... No, but, like, the devil made me do it. The voices in my head uh-huh, made me do uh-huh, it. Yeah. The, the, I was possessed by this necrophiliac that died Yeah, here. yeah, the, um, what do you call the people that, that deal with the dead bodies? You've already said it. Undertaker. The Undertaker, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, Undertaker normally digs the graves, right? What I do think you, that's just mortuary? a grave digger. Okay, Undertaker. Uh, Funeral home person. Undertook the, uh, oh, Jesus. the task. Don't do of... this. Don't make this joke. I was formulating it in my head, but I won't. I won't finish Don't that thought. Don't make this joke. Don't make this joke. So Ed and Lorraine were staunch Catholics, intended to only work with families of the same faith. This uh-huh. is another thing that I have with that I have problem that I have with them because they're like, they're going to families who are in crisis, mm-hmm. who either everyone is having shared psychosis or there's actually something paranormal going on, and they're going oh, you have to believe, or this is going to keep happening. Oh. Mm. And then, like... Isn't that how Christianity works? Ed was like, well, Catholicism is a form of Christianity. Whatever. We're not going to get into that semantics. Oh, wait, that's what they're doing with Catholicism? They're Catholics. They're saying this oh, is yeah. the one true religion you need to believe in order to make this thing go away. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. In the case of the Snedecker family, Ed and Lorraine deemed it necessary to do an exorcism on the house. Uh-huh. The house was deemed gl- clear at that point, but the story was so grand that it warranted its own book. Of course it did. Imagine that. Uh, the book was called In a Dark Place, The Story of True Haunting. 
It was written by the Warrens, the Snedeckers, and horror author Ray Garten. Oh, so they, they got a, an author to really sell it out, huh? Mm-hmm. So, Garten interviewed all of the Snedeckers individually and found that the stories didn't line up. Oh, Imagine that. Weird. Garten went to Ed with the issue uh, about the stories not lining up, and then Garten told Horrorbound magazine that Ed said, quote, Oh, they're crazy. Everybody who comes to us is crazy. Otherwise, why would they come to us? You've got some of the story. Just use what works and make the rest up and make it scary. You write scary books, right? That's why we hired you. So just make it up and make it scary. End quote. Okay. Yep. And this is like a legitimate quote? Yeah, that's what, this is what the this author, is what the guy said. this is what the author said, yeah, said, Ed said to him. Okay. Um, Garten said he didn't like having to make up what was supposed to be a true story, but he had already signed the contract. So he used what he could from the family story and made the rest up and made it scary, as promised. I mean, couldn't you void that contract saying that I was told I was going to be writing a true story and it wasn't true? It's not like he still just wanted to get paid. Well, everybody wants to get paid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was just like, well, whatever. Sounds like these Warrens are a bunch of hoaxes. Mm -hmm. I just want to get paid, though. I want my payday. I'm going to write this book. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The last thing I want to mention is Lorraine's method of taking psychic photographs. Oh, psychic photographs. Psychic photographs. Yeah, 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 I can do that. She claimed that the best way to capture spirits on camera was to load your camera with film when you got to the site to give the spirits proper recognition. Oh, you didn't load it before? No. Okay. She also recommended that you use an autofocus or fixed focus camera with an automatic flash. The brighter the flash, the better. Mm-hmm. So she you said, catch more reflections. The yeah. reason for the bright flash is to be able to rule out clouds or the moon in your photos. Mm-hmm. Um, the psychic photos provided by the Warrens usually look like blobs of light, usually called orbs by those in the paranormal community. Ghost orbs. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've seen lots of pictures of ghost orbs. The perfectly reasonable explanation for those orbs, usually they are flashback off of dust motes caused by the camera flash reflecting back to the lens off the dust moat creating those hazy orbs. The brighter the flash the better the reflection. Yeah. Um, so she's literally like, take pictures of dust. Yeah, but a maybe... really bright flash. She might not think it's dust, though. Uh, I question their credibility at this point, right? No, I, I absolutely do, too. But, I mean, maybe they actually believe what they're doing. Maybe they do. Maybe, maybe they're crazy, too. Maybe they believe what they're doing to a extent, <laughs> but want to make sure that they're still getting paid. Sure, maybe. So they might be like, oh, this is a hoax, but this is a great story. So maybe story. for, like, every five stories they get where they're like, we get really good money, they go out and actually help people who are really experiencing something. I mean, I don't know if I'd say they're helping people, but sure. Sure. Um, there's a video of Lorraine directing a photo shoot in a supposedly incredibly haunted Union Cemetery in Easton, Connecticut. And in the video, Lorraine pinpoints what she calls energy vortices and directs when and where the photograph should be taken leading to photos of ghost orbs. So what do you know? The best way to get a picture of a ghost is to have a powerful flash and take a picture of spots where there's high likelihood of dust. Yeah. The end. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she is just uh, out there to get some dusty pictures. Or maybe she's actually a medium. I don't I don't know. It just there's there's so many little things that can be debunked about the big cases, the big famous cases that yeah. they have paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on. Oh, in after royalties, the movies? Absolutely. After all of these movies. Yeah, after the movies, There's yeah. just, like... And so much of it is, like, 
this didn't happen, and you got your historical facts wrong, and even if it's just in each of those cases something really was happening, and they made up little things to add to the case to make it bigger so they could make more money, mm -hmm. it makes you question whether everything else in that case was true, which is a real disservice to the families if something was really happening. I, uh, I had a friend growing up who claimed that she could see auras. And uh, I've always been kind of a disbeliever. Mm -hmm. She said she couldn't see my aura. Because you don't believe, right? Because I don't put. I don't know. I don't know. She's. She was always like. <gasps> that would be my my. I can't see your aura. I can't see your. Oh. Because I'd be like, okay, well, what's what's the color of my aura? Oh, well, I can't see yours. Why not? Convenient. I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, whoa. You think it would just be easier to make up a color? I mean. Sure, but... I see you as a red. What seems more interesting to someone that doesn't believe in it? Oh, you're special. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. You're special. I feel like, for, as somebody who doesn't believe it, you'd just be like, you're making shit up, no matter what you say. So, I don't know. Like, I've, I have had my own paranormal experiences, and I believe in this stuff, and I know you know that. And part of me thinks that um, because you so fiercely do not believe in it, that you aren't open to experiences and therefore you don't have them um maybe uh, i tend to think i'm a very alert person i think i notice a lot of things that a lot of people don't notice i think i tend to react very quickly to things um things pop into my vision that i didn't really notice were there sometimes i literally think like how did i not see that thing was there mm -hmm. like it just popped up or I see things walk in the corner of my eye or move in the corner of my eye, a shadow, something like that. But generally I look and there's nothing there. There's no reason for me to believe that there's anything there. Ghost dog. You did see ghost dog. Okay. Yes. You absolutely okay. saw ghost okay. dog. So for, for, uh, our listeners, um, a couple of years back, there was, uh, we were, we were, I was walking to bed. It was dark. It was brand new house. Brand new house. I thought I saw my dog walk into another room. I called for her. She walked from our bedroom, which was not the room she, that I saw the dog walk into. And she walked up to me and I was like, oh, that's real weird. I looked in that room. There was nothing there. Our dog, our other dog liked to really hang out in that room. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he would just stare at the walls in that room. Sometimes Whatever. he'd just stare at the walls and growl for absolutely yeah. no reason. I just. You saw ghost dog. Ghost dog, yeah. You saw ghost dog, and I joke about ghost dog. Oh, we joke about ghost dog all the time. It, it became this big thing that, like, when the dogs would do something wrong, we would joke about them being like, "Oh, it wasn't me. It was ghost dog." Yeah, it was. It <laughs> ghost was... dog ate all the food. Ghost dog ate. Ghost all dog food. got all the Cheetos that you left on the counter. Yeah, ghost <laughs> yeah. dog ate the paper towels and tore them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't actually believe it was a ghost. Like, I had it experiences. I'm doing hard air quotes right now. When I was a kid and I thought there was a ghost, but I also woke up in the middle of the night and I was delusional with sleep still in my eyes and like, I was half awake. That's fine. You don't have to believe. I believe and that's enough for me. It just seems like a lot of ghost stories from people were, I had just woken up mm -hmm. or I was really tired and about to go to bed or in some way, shape or form, my senses were distracted or limited mm -hmm. and the mind is amazing at making things up it is amazing at filling in the blanks okay and when you fill those blanks in 
you got a, a computer, which is our brain, filling those blanks in, it's not always going to get it right. And sometimes you're going to think that you saw something that you didn't actually see. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Did we find the truth? Fuck no, we didn't. All we did was argue about it. <laughs> well, we, we definitely believe that the warns were a hoax, you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least partially. At least partially. Yeah. We think that some of what they did was a hoax, so maybe that's the truth. That's the truth. Some of what they did was definitely a hoax. Well, you can't say that. You don't know that for sure. Fair. Fair. There's the arguing, though. I am pretty though. <laughs> sure that at least some of the Warren stuff is a hoax. Oh, I absolutely believe it is because of uh, just the, the whole movie thing. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense that they've got all of this published... Uh, media. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at TTIS Podcast. Please reach out. I love talking to you guys. Uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at thetruthissomewherepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing, you can jump over on iTunes and give us a review. iTunes algorithms are stupid, and you need positive reviews in order to show up in more people's feeds. So if you give us positive reviews... Then we show up in more people's feeds and more people can laugh with us. Uh, I think that's everything I have for you today. Yeah. Truth is somewhere, people. Keep looking for it.